Welcome to the CSIS podcast and part two of our No Matter Who Wins series. I'm Colin Quinn. This time, we're turning our attention slightly closer to home and the challenges awaiting the next president when it comes to the Americas. We're going to try and go beyond the wall and look at the big issues that are already piling up in the region. America's program director, Michael Matera, is our guest, and he gives us his prescription for the region. Well, briefly, I think the new president, whoever he or she may be, um, needs to build very much on the serious changes in the U.S. policy towards the Americas that President Obama has articulated over these last eight years. Um, And it's a change not just to Latin America. I think it's a a general change uh, globally. Um, But in Latin America, uh, Obama has moved beyond sort of the traditional and active U.S. promotion of democracy as our number one foreign policy objective. Um, His policy has been over these years, uh, one of much more of pragmatism, I think, and, and realism. The strong promotion of democracy that characterized both the Clinton and Bush 43 administrations, in my view, led directly to some of the foreign policy disasters that we, that we, that we witnessed during those periods in Iraq and Afghanistan and other parts of the Middle East. Uh, many people may disagree <laughs> with some of Obama's foreign policy legacy, but Obama's realism and pragmatism in foreign policy, I think, are his greatest contributions. Um, these policies of regime change and pretension to, to build, you know, to nation build, uh, especially during Bush 43, is, is what left the impression, uh, both throughout the Americas and more generally, of Washington's tendency to overreach and to dictate solutions as the unrivaled G1 power. Uh, this kind of U.S. intervention, for me, did not work in the final scheme of things. Uh, we've failed at almost every effort we've made at... Um, at nation building um, in in recent decades. Um, I think Obama really clearly recognized that fact, and he's articulated a more pragmatic and realistic approach. Um, This sort of new American pragmatism and humility has been strongly welcomed uh, over the last eight years by most of our friends or all of our friends in Latin America, and has even been acknowledged as a positive development by some who are not always our friends. how is this new pragmatism and realism reflected in, in Latin America? I mean, perhaps the best demonstration of it is, is the dramatic change in our policy towards Cuba uh, that came as a major surprise to everyone in December of 2014. Um, while we still criticize human rights abuses and clear anti-democratic uh, fundamentals of the Castro regime, uh, these shortcomings no longer stop us from having regular relations, regular dealings with the Cuban regime. Um, in my mind, o- Obama made this brave political decision that our policy of the last 60 years had essentially failed and that uh, we needed to do something different. And that's, that's, what, he, that's, what, he, uh, that's what he dictated about two years ago. Um, time's going to tell whether that policy is going to be successful or not, but uh, uh, he, that, was a, that was a big decision on his part. So I, I basically believe the new president needs to continue this pragmatic and, and more realistic approach to, to the region. Um, but my one difference is I, I'd argue that the new president should pay a little bit more attention uh, to Latin America. That's compared to the, the crises in, in Russia and in uh, the Middle East, in, in Asia. Um, Latin America just doesn't rise to, to that level of, of, of threat and therefore doesn't get the attention that, that these regions of the world do. Do say the leaders in the region share that view of the Obama administration, that when they'll look back at it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a fruitful relationship? I think so. I mean, I, I think so. I think overall they all recognize that, uh, that, that this has been essentially a, a fundamental shift in, in U.S. foreign policy. That said, 
this period has been marked by difficult economic times. Um, um, I th think they probably would have liked to have had a more activist U.S. policy pushing for assistance to the region, um, you know, in the wake of the of the crisis in in '08 and '09. But no, in in general, I think that the leaders do uh, do recognize this change and and welcome it and hope that it will continue. No one is looking for a return, um, you know, to any U.S. pretense to domination. Um, that is the way. Most of the leaders in the region have, have uh, characterized our policy for many decades before Obama. And what's on your wish list? What, what would you like to see improved, or what would you like to see the new president focus on maybe that wasn't looked at by, by the last president? Well, I mean, the one, the one issue on which a real difference could be made, and, and this is an area where Obama was pushing for, for real change, was, was on um, more far-reaching trade agreements. And uh, Obama did a very effective job in pushing for uh, TPP and for other bilateral free trade agreements. Um, he was tripped up by, um, by the Congress, by his political opponents, and even by many within his own party uh, who do not support this uh, open approach to, to free trade, this, this very um, strong approach to free trade. Um, I would hope that the incoming president would be able to follow through on some of uh, these initial uh, measures that Obama has taken. Um, the indications are not very positive. Uh, both candidates have been pretty strongly anti-trade. I think some of that is just politics. It's election politics. Uh, I think Hillary will probably uh, support a, a redesign of TPP, a renaming of TPP, and some minor changes to it. Um, what Mr. Trump will do on the trade side what can we say <laughs> uh, on that one? I, I'm quite concerned about what he might do, but I think no one really knows. Uh, I mean, his his populist rhetoric has certainly uh, been reason to to have serious concerns, and and uh, many of the leaders and many of the of the citizens of of the Americas have very serious concerns about what uh, a Trump uh, presidency might mean. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. What has the view been, say, in your travels or? Um, what you've been hearing from the region on this election and what, what they've seen of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's very much the same concern in the Americas as there is in the United States over, uh, over this election and the campaign and the level that it's, uh, that it's descended to. Um, in terms of the two candidates, I mean, in the region, I think most people look at Hillary Clinton as someone who's going to be more or less a continuation of, of the Obama foreign policy uh, in the region. No one expects that she's going to define any kind of major shifts in this new pragmatic and realistic approach. Um, perhaps she'll be a little bit more uh, proactive in criticizing authoritarian regimes like those in Caracas, Managua, Havana. Uh, perhaps she'll be less friendly on trade a bit. Um, but um, I, I think most people feel that there's not going to be any major changes under a Clinton administration. On the other hand, um, there's been serious <laughs> reactions throughout the region uh, to some of the more extreme talk and measures that Donald Trump has articulated during the campaign. And I've, I've certainly heard this on, on my travels in, in Argentina and Brazil and, and elsewhere uh, in recent months. Um, the Mexicans have been insulted, <laughs> just insulted um, by Trump's openly anti-immigrant, anti-Mexican rhetoric and by his arrogant threat to, to build a wall that Mexico will pay for. Um, this kind of rhetoric is, is correctly assessed as exactly the kind of populist talk that's characterized a number of regimes in the Americas over the past decade. 
Um, and certainly there's no country in the, in the Americas that wants to see a return to you know, any, any form of U.S. pretense to domination. I mean, that's, that's very clear. But, I mean, overall, I think most countries, most people here and in the rest of the Americas really don't know what Donald Trump stands for. We really don't know what his policies will be towards Latin America. We don't know who his advisors are on Latin America. I mean, there's just a big question mark as to as to what kind of policies he, he may be defining. Obviously, Latin America has its own issues country to country. One of those big ones right now is, is Venezuela, which is slow, which is on this slow car crash. The car crash already happened. All those people are in, in real trouble there. Um, those very urgent issues, how should they be approaching? How should the next pro- president be approaching that? Well, you, you very rightly mentioned Venezuela as what I think is, is probably the most serious threat that the new president faces. The, the crisis in Venezuela is going to come to a head at some point. Um, things cannot continue uh, in, in the same in the same mode for much longer. So I, I'd say sometime, I mean, I, I don't want to make predictions, but sometime in the next six to 12 to 18 months, there's going to be some sort of change. And no one really knows how how violent that transition could be. But some people speculate that you could have a situation in Venezuela as bad as, as some that we face, for instance, in Syria, refugee situations, uh, refugees coming across the border to Colombia, refugees fleeing the country um, to the Caribbean islands and ultimately trying to get to the states. Uh, so that is clearly uh, an issue that the new president is going to have to focus on early. Um, and um, lots of other challenges are, are out there, uh, countries to be watched, um, the, the threat of low commodity prices and, and negative growth uh, in many parts of the region. is uh, I- These are big threats that are, that are really um, threats to stability in, in countries of Central America, in Brazil. Uh, even in Argentina, uh, in Mexico. Um, but overall, I mean, there's good news in the region. I mean, the new reformist government of Mauricio Macri in Argentina um, is is probably the, the best piece of news of, of this last year, the peace deal uh, between the Colombian government and the FARC, although it has not been finalized and the, the referendum went against it by a very, very small number. Um, I think it's going to be uh, approved. I think it's going to be revised uh, in minor ways and, and will be accepted by both sides uh, before the end of the month and certainly before December 10th when President Santos is scheduled to accept the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Chile, even with its recent political compu- complications, um, remains a, a bulwark of democracy, a, a poster child for the importance of strong institutions and rule of law, I mean, a model for how free trade and free market can lift countries out of poverty. Uh, Mexico, despite threats of violence, drug trafficking, and corruption, has, has a more thriving democratic process than, than ever in its modern history, and, and this is accompanying a transformation of, of the country into sort of a solid middle-income country with a large and growing middle class. So overall, the, the news coming from Latin America compared to what we have coming from the Middle East, from Europe, uh, from Russia, uh, from parts of Asia, uh, is quite positive. And I, I think the, the year ahead is, uh, is more good news than it is bad news. We've done two in a row now, did Africa, and we both ended on a high note, which is rare for a CSS podcast. So really? Mike Matera, thank you for joining me. <laughs> My pleasure. And that was Michael Matera giving us his take on what's coming south of the border for the next president. We're travelling across the Atlantic next as we look at Europe and one of the few foreign policy issues that has been on the agenda in this election, Russia. I'm Colm Quinn, 
and I hope you'll join us next time.